listening to It's the Wine Talking, a weekly podcast filled with wit, wine, and occasional wisdom. To accompany this week's episode, I'm drinking a white wine called Figa de Malpica, made by Bodegas Osborne, a Spanish producer. It's labeled as a fresh white with tropical and citrus aromas, and I'm enjoying it after a rare moment of sunshine by the pool. People keep telling us it never rains here in February, but we're going on day six of clouds and showers so I'm not convinced. This is the first bottle of white I've enjoyed on this podcast because my relationship with white wine just isn't as far along as my relationship with red. I'm quite happy to spend some time with Lady Blanco. We have fun together, and I enjoy her company, but my heart is still with my girl red. Basically, if this was The Bachelor, I'd tell both wines that I love them, but at the end of the season, we all know I'm getting down on one knee and proposing to red. White wine is new and different and sometimes bubbly, and it brings out a different side of me. But if I could only choose one, I'd have to send her home. I'd bawl on camera about it, stare off contemplatively into the distance, and talk about how conflicted I am. But I'd know, deep inside, that red would get my final rose. You can probably tell what I've been binge-watching. There's a time and a place for white wine. Picnics, warm afternoons, days that end in Y, but we just don't connect the way I do with a Sangiovese, an Old Vine Zinfandel, or a Carmenere. I come from a long line of red wine-loving women, so why in the tradition now? As such, I'm still learning what I do and don't like in a white wine, and it's rare for me to have particularly strong feelings in either direction about a bottle of Sav Blanc or Pinot Grigio. The one exception? Chardonnay. If you try and serve me an oaky, buttery Chardonnay, I cannot be held responsible for my actions. How do you drink that stuff? One advantage of having a palate relatively unfamiliar with white wine is that when we travel to places where wine is uncommon or overpriced or just plain awful, I can gulp down some below-average white and not really know the difference. While it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride with red wine in Thailand, When it comes to the occasional glass of white, it's been a pretty steady, uneventful journey. Which is why I thought I'd choose a white for our last episode together in Thailand. This wine, like all the other whites I've had these past four months, is fine. Crisp, not too sweet, and most importantly, not a Chardonnay. No one is celebrating this wine, but no one is hating on it either. And sometimes, that's all you can ask for. Alright, now let's move on to our topic of the week. Leggings. The downfall of a well-dressed southern lady. Give me a minute. I just need to put on some pants, I say to Miles as I change into my champion brand running tights to go out into the world. Now, these are classy leggings, if such a thing exists. They aren't see-through like a lot of yoga pants, and they're a tasteful, solid black color. No laser cats or eye-crossing neon patterns in sight. But I'm really just trying to make myself feel better by calling them pants because I'm definitely not putting on pants. I'm putting on leggings. And as a southern girl inside likes to remind me, leggings are not pants. Other than a maxi skirt, these leggings are the only ankle-length clothing I brought on this leg of our trip, which, for the last five months, has been largely spent in hot, humid Southeast Asia. 
Now, Miles also only brought one pair of pants, but his pants are actual pants. And like many annoying things about men's fashion, they perfectly transition between all types of occasions, from hiking to nice dinners to walks on the beach. My leggings do not, or at the very least, they shouldn't. Traveling around Southeast Asia, a budget destination that attracts loads of backpackers, my fake pants have gone mostly unnoticed in a sea of tank tops branded with the local beer or catchy phrases like, no money, no honey. It's easy to get away with subtle leggings in a place where people don't seem to care that much about their appearance, but I still feel weird about it. I grew up in the South. Yes, North Carolina is still the South. To a mother who loved dressing me up and having photos taken of me. Classic first child. She had me sleeping in soft rollers starting at the age of three because that's what my lovely blonde locks needed to be photo shoot ready the next day. And I say photo shoot because there was a professional photographer and multiple costume changes. Not because I was some child model or pageant girl. My mother isn't insane. I didn't necessarily love these dress up days from the get go. In fact, I recall bawling my eyes out once upon seeing how curly my hair was in the mirror. Would it ever go back to normal? While I remained a pretty serious tomboy until high school, I began to appreciate the ritual and the excitement of primping and preening. I began to love clothes, especially dresses, and finally figured out by college how to wear mascara on my top and bottom lashes, though the art of eyeliner still eludes me. I went to college, Suwannee, or the University of the South, as it's officially named. Yes, really. The school has a tradition of class dress, which basically means business casual or don't show up to class looking like a slob. In the beginning, the university is 150 years old, this dress code was quite strict. But by 2005, when I started my freshman year, things had loosened up a bit. My outfits consisted mainly of skirts, dresses, and nice pants. Maybe a pair of dark jeans with a sweater and boots in the winter, but there was no way you would find me wearing a t-shirt to class, and certainly not a pair of leggings. The idea of class dress was an odd concept to my friends at other schools who rarely went on campus in anything other than pajamas or sweatpants, but it was one of the many things I loved about Swanee. Students took their education seriously. Faculty knew that you were there to learn. And you got to show your respect for everyone in the way you presented yourself, even if you'd participated in a bit too much partying the night before. I took pride in dressing well throughout my college career. And it's weird that I find myself today so conflicted about a casual piece of clothing, one that's warmly welcomed in a gym, but that I certainly don't think should be worn out to dinner. And yet, I've done just that four times this week. My fall from grace, as it were, didn't begin when we started our travels. Admittedly, my weekday attire began slipping once I left my office job. Or possibly a bit before that, since I can recall a coworker asking me if I was wearing jeggings. I was. Listen, it was San Francisco and I was working for a startup. Don't worry about it. But as I began life as a freelancer, the leggings, or any form of stretchy pant, became a wardrobe staple. With infrequent client meetings, I was free to dress however I pleased. I realized early that staying home to work was a recipe for unproductivity, so I always got dressed and left the house. But my definition of dressed became looser as time went on, and the leggings appeared in my rotation more and more often. I didn't feel great about it. 
My co-working space of choice was in the financial district, the only part of San Francisco where you can find someone, many someones, dressed in suits. And here I was, trudging to work with my leggings, sneakers, and backpack. I was once asked, or rather, hit on, by a man at the grocery store wanting to know, how was your workout? At first, I was confused. Why was he asking me this? I wasn't working out. But then, I realized the understandable confusion and explained that these were just the clothes I wore to the coffee shop. That did not deter him, nor did the mention of a boyfriend for that matter. Two weeks later, another man approached me, again on my way to work, to look my legs up and down and ask if I was a cyclist. So, I guess men aren't bothered that I'm not wearing real pants. Shocker. But that's another thing that makes me uncomfortable about wearing leggings while traveling the world. Unlike the U.S., other cultures display themselves more conservatively. They're demure, at least in public, and value dressing discreetly, especially for women. And while the feminist in me may cringe, I want to be respectful of the customs around me, even if I don't agree with them. But when I wear my skin-tight leggings that hug every inch of my legs from my derriere on down, I realize I'm probably being impolite, at best. And sure, I'm not strutting down the street in my bikini like many women here, nor am I arriving to dinner in a crop top and daisy dukes like many others, because my mother taught me better than that. But comparing myself to backpackers in their early 20s isn't exactly the standard that I'm going for. All this being said, there are plenty of practical reasons, at least that's what I tell myself, for donning my leggings as often as I do. And only one of them is laziness. First off, they're comfortable. I know. Duh. I've never been able to sit like a grown-up in a chair. You know, like with your feet firmly planted on the ground, or maybe with your legs crossed like a lady. It's a family disorder. No matter what we do, our legs dripped up into our seats all on their own. The mean cafeteria lady in elementary school, I'm just now realizing how weird it is that we referred to her as a cafeteria lady. She'd yell at me to put my feet on the floor at least three times every lunch period. She wouldn't believe me when I said it was an accident. I really didn't know how they got back up there. Regular pants, made for grown-ups, aren't designed for sitting crisscross applesauce while you work. Dress pants, do people still call them slacks? Get wrinkled. And jeans do that terrible bunching up thing behind the knees that makes me almost consider sitting like an adult. But leggings, they just stretch in all the right places, making for much happier legs. And why would I force myself to have unhappy legs when no one I'm around, except Miles, but he's used to it, will ever see me again. Now, I can, and often do, wear dresses to avoid the many downsides of real pants. But the tropics, and the south for that matter, have one thing that makes dresses less desirable. Mosquitoes. Currently, my life is spent in open-air restaurants and cafes, or in poorly sealed apartments and hotel rooms, all in the midst of, or next to, a tropical jungle. This might not be such a big problem for other people, but for me, well, I am a mosquito's favorite delicacy. The world's most deadly animal, true fact, loves me. I am so delicious that people around me can avoid getting bit while an entire island of mosquitoes zeroes in on any inch of exposed skin. And I get tired of choosing between covering myself in bug spray or offering a family of mosquitoes an all-they-can-eat buffet of my legs. And so, I put on my leggings and sometimes a long sleeve shirt in 85-degree weather whenever I tire of being on the dinner menu. 
Of course, wearing black pants in the tropical heat can be a bit toasty. But there's another benefit of leggings that people don't really talk about. And that's because it's gross. Since returning to a world of no less than 90% humidity and 80 degrees, quite unlike San Francisco, I've been reminded what it's like to sweat. Really sweat. I've mostly given up on makeup and accepted that I'm just going to be sticky and glistening until we leave this part of the world. But I still haven't gotten used to the rivers of sweat that pour down my legs, reminding me just how hot and icky I am. This is a problem with dresses. And shorts, though I only wear those on laundry day because shorts are the worst. But it's not an issue with leggings. And we both know that isn't because I'm sweating less. It's because I'm wearing a thin layer of sweat sponge around my legs. And yeah, that's disgusting. I won't argue with you, but we do laundry every week, so you'll just have to get over it. My sweat sponges are definitely improving my quality of life. So, my love-hate relationship with leggings continues. I adore so many things about them, but I feel conflicted by how informal my day-to-day attire has become. Of course, being casual while traveling isn't all bad. It turns out it's hard to ruin clothes that don't look that great to begin with. And that's a good thing, because replacing clothes is a pain, and I need to save up my Tide stain sticks for more important things, like when I spill wine in the bed. Something that occurs more frequently than it should. But an upcoming change in our lifestyle and location could force a shift in my wardrobe. This Friday, we fly to Taiwan, and the next stop after that is Japan, two places where they value looking presentable and put together, cultures I think of as being respectful and dignified. Plus, the weather is more mild, and the mosquitoes are less of an issue, I hope, so it may be time to stop kidding myself and buy some real pants, and maybe even a nice shirt. A blouse, I believe they were called, to go with them. At some point, we'll be returning to the States, most likely to Washington, D.C., where I'll need to start dressing like a real grown-up, even if I can't figure out how to sit like one. So, I might as well start getting back into good habits now. But please don't tell my leggings. I'm not ready to break the news to them just yet. And it's not like we have to say goodbye. I'm sure I'll work from home someday, or maybe even go to the gym. Well... At least one of those things will happen. All right, that's it for this week's episode of It's the Wine Talking. You can tune in on iTunes, Overcast, or SoundCloud every Wednesday for your regular dose of wit, wine, and occasional wisdom. And if you need something to keep you going between episodes, check out my new Facebook page for random ramblings and musings and the kind of biased wine-related news that makes you feel great about every glass of vino. Just head on over to facebook.com slash wine talking and give it a like. Thanks for listening. Cheers. I'm back.